hang on tight. Fish Talk Radio is about to take you on a fishing adventure. You're about to go places you have even yet to desire and revisit familiar favorites with live on-the-water expert insider tips. Now, sit up straight, pay attention, take notes, and join the party for a blue water, white water, and calm water adventure. Check out fish tips and trips online at fishtalkradio.com. And now, the all-natural attitude adjustment. Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Handy in studio, and we have the pleasure of Jason Rupp, who is uh, joining us today by telephone. Jason, appreciate you could take a little bit of time off from your guiding and join with us. Hey, glad to be here. Well, I appreciate that. Now, uh, what we're going to be doing today, hopefully, we've, we've got kind of an interesting program because we're going to be talking to people that are traveling, and we're going to try and track them down on cell phones. So if all goes well, it should be great. If not, you and I are <laughs> going to be talking about something. But hopefully we're going to have John Proc now from the uh, Director of Public uh, Product Development at Berkeley. Uh, coming on in the next segment, and we're going to find out some real science. And, and I know Mark, he's on his way to Europe. Mark is traveling uh, from Lassane from Bass Angler, so we'll hopefully we'll get in touch with him. And we got a couple other things that you better stick around for. Uh, Jason and I are right now busy working on Real Fun Adventures, putting some trips together for 2014. And it's, uh, it's looking pretty exciting, isn't it? Yeah, no, I'm excited. We've got some good ones, uh, good ones on the lineup for next season. Right. Well, you good. and I, you and I went on the one to East Cape in the beginning of November, but we've got some other ones coming up uh, that are locked in for sure. The Alaska trip, I gosh, I didn't bring the dates with me, but I believe it's the 14th through the 19th of of July, and that's a a fun trip and very affordable. And then we've got uh, other trips to Baja, and we're even, maybe for the beginning of 2015, we're going to put a trip together to Costa Rica. But anyway, let's go ahead and take uh, just a short break, and we'll see if we can get in touch with John in the meantime. If not, I'm sure we'll find something to talk about. You are listening to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan. We have Jason Grupp in the studio. And make sure you go to webtalkradio.com. And we've got a new web page up. It is not quite done yet, so see if you can find some mistakes. Okay, go on that and let us know, and we'll have those trips posted within oh, the next couple of weeks. So, Jason, we appreciate you coming in. You're listening to Fish Talk Radio, and we'll be right back. Are you ready for a whale watching adventure? The Santa Barbara Channel is known as one of the best whale watching areas in the world. Over 27 species of whales, dolphins, and porpoises come here throughout the year. And there's no better way to spend time with these wonderful animals than aboard the high-tech Condor Express. Bring the whole family for an unforgettable whale watching adventure. The Condor Express is Santa Barbara's premier charter boat for whale watching, island excursions, sunset cruises, and private charters. Call Sea Landing at 882-0088 to book your trip. We'll see you on the Condor Express. Local fishing at its finest is aboard the Stardust. Day and half day trips on Stardust sport fishing are a family affair. Find out what it's like to view Santa Barbara from the water while you are catching dinner. See whales, dolphins, and Channel Islands up close. Spotless boat and friendly crew are perfect for beginner or expert. Get aboard with Jason Diamond and his crew on Stardust sport fishing, operating at a sea landing in the Santa Barbara Harbor. 
Clover Pass Resort, Ketchikan, Alaska, is in the heart of the salmon capital of Alaska. Walk a few yards to the dock and throw a line at king, silver, or pink salmon. Just a 90-minute direct flight from Seattle. You can be in your boat fishing the day you arrive. The calm waters at Clover Pass hold schools of salmon as well as halibut and rockfish. Clover Pass offers all-inclusive fishing packages starting under $1,000. For more information, call John at 877-FISHRAP. That's 877-FISHRAP. So you're covered in sand up to your waist thanks to the excessive digging of two very ambitious children, and you think, wait, did I lock my Impala back in the parking lot? And normally you'd just sit and stew about it. But you live in a time when an OnStar app lets you control your car from nearly anywhere in your world like it's some extremely remote control car, which it kind of is. So you tap the icon that zaps a signal that says to your car, boop, here's a signal to flip the mechanism that locks the door that sends a signal back to your phone to say, yes, your car is now safely locked. And you gotta wonder about the guy walking by when it happens. He's like, wow. And you're like, wow. And if you slow your brain for just a nanosecond, you realize just how amazing modern technology really is. All because you drive a Chevrolet Impala connected by OnStar. For details, availability, and system limitations, visit OnStar.com. It's time to fight fire with steel. To advance truck technology with an available Pentastar V6 and 8-speed transmission. The 2013 Ram 1500 with best-in-class fuel economy. Engineered to move heaven and earth. Guts. Glory. Ram. Standard pickup class excludes hybrids. EPA estimated 17 city, 20 combined, 25 highway MPG based on V6 4x2. Ram is a registered trademark of Chrysler Group LLC. You can't catch fish. You can't catch fish. You can't catch fish. Welcome you can't catch fish. to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio, and we've been able to uh, round up a couple of people that are out in the field. I think Jason was out guiding this morning, and he took a break for it to come on. And John Procknow, who is the Director of Product Development for Berkeley, is on his way to Europe, and he's pulled over to the side of the road. I assume that you're in a car, not the airplane yet, and he's going to visit with us for a while. Anything that anybody wants to know about the science of fishing, in particular fish, and how to make a fish strike at bait, John's got all the answers. So, John, we appreciate you coming on and joining us. That's great. I always like it when I can uh, uh, talk with people that really enjoy the uh, fishing experience as much as I do, and uh, it's always a pleasure to be on your show, John. Mm -hmm. Now, Jason, you are very good at what you do. You know, you're a guide, you're specialized in fly fishing and fly fishing for bass, so you understand that aspect of it, and we're going to be talking to you maybe a little bit about, you know, flies and how to use them and what attracts the fish, but let's start off with John, and Jason, you probably have some questions also. Gosh, there's just so much area. Let's try and cut it down a little bit. Uh, first of all, John, why don't you give us an idea of what a fish has and what it uses to find food? Well, uh, fish uses a, a number of different senses. Uh, they have some of the same ones we do, plus they've got a few extra. Obviously, they've got the olfactory, which is the scent or the smell and taste, so the nose and mouth. Uh, they've also got uh, 
uh, lateral lines, which actually pick up vibration in the water so that they can actually feel things that are vibrating in the water uh, through the uh, waves. Mm-hmm. And that's a line that runs completely down the fish's body, usually from head to tail. And you can see it on some different species like black bass. You'll see the separation right in the middle of the side. Well, that's where the lateral line runs on most fish. Now, you mentioned smell. Uh, you know, we're thinking of in breathing air in through our nose. I don't think a fish does that. So how does it smell? It, it uses a similar type of um, system. It still has to get something passed over its uh, nasal passages, but it, it, it's more, it needs water to pass over it as opposed to air. And so, for instance, for us to be able to smell things and for our nerves to be stimulated in our nasal passages, uh, we need the the chemicals and products to be air volatile. So they have to almost dissolve in the air so that we can um, detect them. Well, fish is different. They don't live in an air environment, so they've got to have the chemicals that they are trying to perceive or the the smells that they're trying to detect need to be water-soluble so that they can be detected. So that's why a lot of the research we deal with, John, has to do with the uh, water-soluble type of compounds so that the fish can actually uh, smell them, whereas we can't actually smell the same thing the fish does or the fish can't actually smell the things like we do. Well, you, you know, I know Berkeley has put a tremendous amount of effort into some of those different scents that you guys put into those baits, and uh, Berkeley Gulp being one of them. And as a guide, I use a lot of gulp for, for certain situations. I use some for freshwater and some for uh, saltwater. How much difference is there between your scents from freshwater to saltwater? Well, Jason, we actually use some of the same basic type materials um, or actives. Um, I like to, to tell people to give them something to relate to. It's very similar. Um, fish will all relate to certain types of things, uh, of base materials we call them, or base attractants. They're similar to people in that people, for the most part, they'll all relate to and eat meat and potatoes if they aren't vegetarian. But what we like to put on our meat and potatoes is different types of seasonings. For instance, some people like will eat uh, uh, things that are more salty, some like sweet, some like sour. And different species of fish, I kind of put it as, are like different nationalities of people in that the different types of seasonings they like. But that isn't to say that a, a largemouth bass won't eat the same thing as a crappie or a bluegill or even a, a, uh, a calico bass, because they will, just the very same way that we as people will eat uh, Chinese, we'll eat uh, Mexican, we'll eat Italian, we'll eat American, because there's still some of the same base ingredients in there that taste good to us, but the different seasonings are what kind of specialize it towards a specific species of fish. So a little bit of a long answer to your question, but yes, the fish have some of the very same things that they key on, and we put that in everything. But depending on the species of fish we're targeting at, freshwater, saltwater, bass, catfish, trout, salmon, depends on the other chemical ingredients or, as I put it, seasonings that we put in there that kind of make it more tailor-made for those different species. 
Yeah, I've found over the years also a big advantage of using scents like that with Berkeley Gulp is the fish will actually hold on to the bait longer. Not necessarily making it, you know, you're getting more bites because a lot of these bites can be reaction baits where there's, you know, reaction bites where they're actually going by color or speed of presentation. But those fish will hang on to that bait longer to give the fishermen a chance to set the hook. And I found that to be a big advantage with uh, some of those scented baits. Oh, interesting. Now, John, let's talk about vision for a minute. Uh, uh, the, of course, when you're under the water, you don't see the same, but how good is a fish's sight? Obviously, it depends on the depth and the, the water clarity, but how much do they use sight for identifying um, food? Well, uh, you are absolutely right. The depth and water clarity or turbidity makes a huge difference. Um, but in general, the clearer the water is, and the uh, uh, more light there is available, the more the fish will rely on their sense of sight to locate food. And it's, it's a distance thing. Um, in the clear water environments, you can attract a fish through vision, sight, flash, um, farther than you can the scent and flavor at times because they can see that, um, whether the current's going away from to them or whatever, from wherever they're at, they can see if it's clear and uh, not turbid. Uh, once they get to a point where they've seen it and they're coming up on it, now some of the other senses take place. Can I smell it? Can I actually taste it? That type of thing. So it's a, a matter of trying to get all of the fish's senses engaged or fooled, if you're a fisherman, trying to fool them into believing that that bait that you've got there is actual natural food that they want to eat. Mm-hmm. Now, John, is their vision similar to ours? Do they see colors? Is it, you know, or is there a difference? There's, there's a huge difference. Uh, on some species and on some species, there isn't a huge difference. But uh, they use the same thing that we do, rods and cones, to determine the different uh, colors and lights and darknesses and things like that. But, deter- but depending on the species of fish and how many rods and cones and what the distribution of it is, uh, on all those determines whether they can see colors and what colors they can see better than others. So there are certain species of fish that rely more heavily on sight than other species of fish. For instance, trout and salmon rely quite heavily on the sense of sight, whereas a catfish or even a sturgeon does not rely quite as much, and they're more on the olfactory. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we, we're almost running out of time, but I know that when you're fishing for halibut in Alaska, you take uh, maybe half a salmon, drop it to the bottom, and wait, uh, and that the scent brings the halibut in from you know sometimes uh, half a mile or a mile, maybe two or three miles away. So obviously that makes a difference. We are going to have to take a, a real quick break, but fascinating stuff. We want to make sure that you stay tuned. John Proc now is going to be coming back, and also we have Jason Grupp on the line, and we're going to see if we can get a little bit of bass fishing in with Mark. Mark Lassane in a couple more minutes. So a lot of fun stuff. So stay tuned and make sure that you can go to fishtalkradio.com and find out where to find us. We're all over the Internet. We're all over broadcast stations. We're all over everywhere. So no excuse. You probably want to listen to the show again because it's hard to take it all in at one time. And we'll be right back with John and um, Jason on Fish Talk Radio.
The Santa Barbara Channel offers some of the most productive sport fishing in the world. Channel Island Sport Fishing offers the most boats to enjoy it. Call 805-383-1612. At Channel Island Sport Fishing, you pick the time and place you want to go. Nearshore halibut, calico bass and rockfish, or fish the Channel Islands for white sea bass and yellowtail. For whale watching and private charters, Channel Island Sport Fishing in Oxnard has clean, modern boats with professional, friendly crews. Make your reservations for a deep-sea adventure by calling 805-383-1612. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Lake Kachuma is a California treasure. Bald eagles, deer, egrets, foxes, wild turkeys play on the banks and in the trees. Red ear, bluegill, bass and catfish inhabit the waters. Rainbow trout are planted on a regular basis and easily caught from boat or shore. Lake Kachuma Boat Rentals is a key to a successful day on the lake. Call 805-688-4040 for information. Tackle, skiff, or pontoon boat rental. Call Craig at 688-4040. 20 minutes north of Santa Barbara. Kachuma Boat Rentals for a day to remember. World-class golf, fishing, and diving in the clear, warm waters of the Sea of Cortez with a true five-star resort. The Grand Heritage Hotel and Resort at Costa Baja, great value and without the hustle of other parts of Baja. On the White Sand Beach with Espirito Santos Island minutes away. Signature restaurants, pools, and accommodations for an intimate weekend, weddings, or corporate events. On the web at Costa Baja. Resort.com. If you're looking for a magical and unique gift for someone special, look no further than the skies above you. Santa Barbara Soaring specializes in glider rides, making memories that last a lifetime. Experience Santa Barbara, the San Inez Valley, and Central Coast with the silence of soaring. Purchasing a gift certificate is just a couple of clicks away. Visit SantaBarbaraSoaring.com. Pick your ride and the certificate will be sent directly to you just in time for the holidays. Let Santa Barbara Soaring help you provide the gift they'll never forget. SantaBarbaraSoaring.com The water on the lake is smooth as glass. We might get you sunny. We might get you fast. Oh, what do you say? What do you say? What do you say? Let's go fishing. Come on, let's go fishing. They're in the water, look at them shine. There goes a big one, that one of mine. Play out my reel now. Just Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. Wow, this is exciting stuff. Jason, as knowledgeable as you are, I bet you're learning some things. Did you have any questions for John? Yeah, you know, it's, it's always nice to hear different opinions about colors on bass fishing and i know bass tend to blend some of the same colors together i would love to hear your you know scientific approach on on what you think about how bass see different colors from dark to light and i'm not necessarily speaking because of water clarity because obviously when the water is really clear um you know you change your colors to stained water but do, do they see particular colors together or what do you think about that 
Well, I, I can't tell you exactly how a bass sees colors because obviously we don't see the world through a bass's eyes. But we can, uh, from our uh, tests and from what we know through uh, personal experiences of fishing and things, that color definitely makes a difference. Uh, and in all the studies that we've done, the more contrasting colors that you can have seem to be better for the fish to be able to see it. And what I mean by that is you want something that actually contrasts with the environment you're in. That's why a lot of times they say it, uh, at night where, uh, for instance, in the southern part of the U.S., uh, night fishing is, is very uh, big down there. And they use a lot of very dark colored baits, the dark uh, uh, black purples and the blacks and things like that, because it contrasts against the, the light uh, uh, that's coming in through uh, the top. And so they can see it easier, whereas uh, the lighter color baits kind of fade away in those types of environments where it's like that. But uh, the big thing that we have found in some of the things that we've done is that it is contrast. For instance, if you have baits and you break those up with strong contrasting colors that sometimes that will trigger an illicit uh, bite mm-hmm. or a strike whereas just a solid color does not tend to possibly have that uh, uh, type of effect uh, so uh, john uh, we're going to be talking to mark lassane from bass angler magazine a little bit more about bass but mm-hmm. i have one maybe a basic question obviously fish um take bait because they're hungry. Uh, is there any other reason that they'll attack a bait? Oh, sure. You bet. The, the, the big thing is, as Jason said uh, earlier, um, reactionary strikes. Uh, you surprise a fish or something comes up by them real quickly, they'll lash out at it at times, depending on their mood. Fish will have moods just like people will have moods in that they, at times, they're just lethargic and they want to just sit down there on the bottom when they aren't feeling good and just watch things go by. Mm-hmm. Other times, if they're up and alert, if something comes by, they will strike at it right away because it's uh, startled them. Or even if they're territorial a little bit, can be depends at different times of the year. But the, the other thing is they're opportunistic. Fish are very opportunistic. They live out there in a world where they have to survive and they can't go to the grocery store. They can't have somebody deliver the food to them. So they have to be opportunistic. Anytime a meal comes by that is fairly easy and they view it Mm -hmm. as something that uh, they need to survive, they're going to go ahead and uh, react to the opportunity. Okay, so they they can be aggressive other than just when they're hungry. And I believe that we do have Mark Lassane from Bass Angler Magazine that's listening in with us. And uh, Mark can kind of join in the conversation. We have John Prack now. Uh, Director of Product Development. We've got a couple of minutes, so let's uh, let's see if Mark has some questions or comments. Mark, we're talking about what attracts a fish to the hook. So I'm sure that you've got plenty of experience, especially with bass. If you've got a couple of comments or you have some questions for John, well, you know, I I uh, I feel that the bass react like uh, John was talking about. I think just a minute ago, you know, bass react. I kind of picture them like. Uh, you know, like a cat when you throw something across the floor and they, they chase it out out of curiosity and grab it. And I feel that bass do that same thing. Also, uh, like I heard him saying, they're opportunistic feeders. That, you know, if something goes by, um, 
you know, they don't have the opportunity to run to McDonald's and pick up something. They just have to take out whatever comes by or whatever they swim into. So, you know, I agree. One of the, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jason. One of the uh, big things going on right now is this hunt for the uh, world record bass. It's become such a big part of the bass fishing industry, uh, especially in California, because we're producing so many 20-pound-plus bass out of here. And some of the only ways you get those big girls to bite is one with swim baits imitating trout, because that's what those really big fish are feeding on. And number two is catching them off their bed during the spawn. And... They're, uh, the bass changes so dramatically during the spawn to where if anything gets close to that bed where they're either planning on laying those eggs or protecting those eggs, they eat it. And they're either eating it to carry it away from their bed um, just to protect those eggs. It's not usually because they're feeding at that point. It's more out of an, of an anger type mm-hmm. situation. So, you know, as the seasons go through and each time period of the year changes, their their type of, of the way that they eat changes dramatically from spring when the spawn hits, from fall to when you're getting, you know, late summer when you're getting a really good topwater bite and they're willing to come up to the surface to eat, from winter to when they move out and go really deep, and that's when you need more of a feeding-type bite. Um, when they're up shallow in the fall for good top water, that's a really good time for reaction type bites. So as an angler, you really have to be flexible on how you're approaching these bass to make sure you tune into what you know they're doing at that particular time of year because it's so different. You okay, know, every I season. I have a question. Uh, basically, the question is when do you set the hook? Uh, now John sent me some baits that I used in Baja that I can't remember what they were. They're about uh, six seven inches long, and I put one out uh, along with some live bait, and we're troving for Dorado. And a Dorado came up and actually took a bite out of it and then came back and took the bait, which, you know, which means that he liked it. Now, but generally, the plastic that you have, you know, they put some sense in them, but normally they just kind of, you know, swallow them and spit them out. So I, I don't know um, if uh, who should answer the question, but, you know, obviously, if you don't, uh, if you don't react when you're supposed to, but you can also react too quickly and, and, uh, and pull a bait away before they get a chance to get hooked. So who wants to jump in on that? When do you set the hook? Well, I can, I can kind of go over that. You know, this bass bite different. You have smallmouth, spotted bass, and largemouth. And each species bites a little bit different. Spotted bass, um, you know, they call them tail grabbers, you know, for a reason. Spots generally will, like, grab a tail of a bait, and you think you have them, and you set the hook, and you come back with half of a bait. Uh, largemouth are more of an engulfing-type uh, bite. So usually when they get it, they usually have it in their mouth. And generally, when you, when you like if you're fishing a jig, you'll feel them, and then you, you feel them, and really what you're feeling is them spitting out the bait rather than, rather than sucking it in. Mm. Um, so like, a, like your Dorado, when you miss it, you know, he may have had it, and you just missed it, or he grabbed it and let it go. You know, ocean fish, I think, uh, bite a little bit different. They maybe bite a little more like spotted bass than largemouth. Mm-hmm. That, does that make sense? Well, no, that makes perfect sense. And let me ask Jason real quickly about if you're using a fly and setting the hook. I mean, obviously you got this little tiny little fly, but uh, is there any any uh, universals that you use, Jason? 
Yeah, you know, there's some there's different ways to set the hook with flies, depending on, you know, let's just talk about bass flies. Some of these big topwater flies, they're huge. And you do need a, a heavier fly rod. You need to set the hook harder. Um, compared to if we're using really small-type streamers, little bait fish patterns, uh, I can get away with a lighter fly rod, and you don't quite have to set the hook hard enough. But, um, you know, they, every species varies as well, too. And, and like you were saying, the way of bass bites, and we fish for largemouths for the most part, but they engulf that fly mm-hmm. when they okay. their mouths are huge. They suck it in. So you're pretty much setting the hook right away on a fly. You don't you don't wait. Where sometimes with certain types of plastics, when you're fishing traditional gear, you do have to wait a little longer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let that bait get positioned better in his mouth, and okay. it, it can be tricky. And then even when you're bed fishing for trophy bass, they might only grab half the bait and start swimming away with it and then okay. drop it. Well, so I, it comes with experience. Uh, but let me do this because we're going to have got a break coming up just real quick. But while we still have uh, John on the line, we're going to hold. Uh, over for uh, Mark and Jason, and we'll talk a little bit more about bass. But, uh, John, you are on your way to Europe uh, because Berkeley is developing a carp bait. And I don't think we want to go too off in a long direction, but that's an interesting concept for us because, well, over here we don't really think of carp as so much of a sport fish as they do over there. So why don't you make a quick comment on that, and what kind of a bait can you develop? Because they're very difficult to get them to grab. Yeah, I, sure, I can do that, John. Uh, we're in in Europe. The carp fishing uh, market is like the bass fishing market over here. It is their number one market. It's the number one sought after fish, and it's because they're so abundant, and also because they're such uh, fighters when you do get them hooked. Uh, the type of uh, techniques they use are very, very different from what we use. As far as the baits, they still use rods and uh, reels and lines. But the types of baits they put on those end of those lines are, are much more uh, different. Mm-hmm. We use uh, plastic baits and lures. They use uh, boiled baits that are actually okay. hard like marbles and things. Mm. Okay. They drill holes in them and specific techniques, and they set out on the bank for days and but they catch quite, quite big fish up interesting. into the 50-pound range. Well, we're going to bring you back on for that, uh, you guys. We're going to run out of uh, time in this segment. We're going to let John uh, get up on his way because he's on his and he stopped over by the side of the road. And then we're going to come back and we're going to continue on with Mark and with Jason. We'll talk a bit about bass fishing then. Uh, have a great time in Europe, John. We appreciate you joining in with us. You're listening to Fish Talk Radio. Vagabundos Del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos Del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. For more than a century, sport fishermen have led the charge for conservation. From trout to marlin, anglers have worked to protect our natural resources and establish successful programs that benefit fish and fishermen. Today, this legacy is at risk unless we step up and lead the fight for real world conservation. That's what the sport Fishing Conservancy is all about doing 
what's best for fish and fishing and making sure anglers get the credit we deserve. Check out the Sport Fishing Conservancy and find out how you can help at sportcon.org. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Want to make your drive more exciting? It starts with Shell V Power Premium Gasoline. It's Ferrari's choice for improved performance. Shell V Power removes an average of 60% of performance-robbing gunk on intake valves left by low-quality premium gasolines. And it starts with your very first tank. The result is the kind of performance that gives you more excitement behind the wheel. Choose Shell V Power Premium Gasoline today and let the excitement begin. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. What an exciting time we're having. And we're learning everything we need to know about fish and fishing. We have Mark on the line with us, Mark Lassane from Bass Angler Magazine. We're going to get him for a couple minutes, but he's pulled over the side of the road. So we're going to give him a couple minutes and let him take off uh, to where he's going fishing, I think. And then we also have Jason Grupp on the line. So, Mark, uh, let's go ahead and finish up a little bit with uh, catching bass. We've been talking about bait and attracting the fish. Okay, yeah, great. You know what, I have the boat hooked up right now. We're headed up to the lake uh, as we speak. So right now we're moving into the wintertime, and, the, you know, things are getting cold. The water's getting cold. If, if the water gets down below about 45, 44 degrees, the shad start dying. So that's one thing to keep in mind um, when you're fishing a lot of these lakes is the shad are dying, and they kind of get sit down and they fall down on the bottom. And that's the time when you want to use it like a jigging spoon. There's a spoon called a Hopkins spoon generally throw like a three-quarter ounce spoon you throw it out let it go all the way down the bottom and then you hop it up off the bottom a little bit which works really good also uh this time of year a football jig with a like a twin tail yamamoto grub trailer works really well even if uh, the fish are down the bottom feeding on the crawfish or they're feeding on those shad um like we were talking about earlier bass are op- opportunistic feeders so if there's a whole bunch of shad down there and they see a jig going by and think it's a crawdad, a lot of times they will pick out that odd uh, that odd lure. They call it a the odd man theory. Yeah, a, there you the whole, go. There's uh, a whole article written on that. Great. Hey, Mark, so, before you take off, let's mention uh, Bass Angler Magazine. 
Okay. Yeah, you know what? If you guys really want to learn how to catch fish, and especially catch fish this winter, we have an issue uh, of Bass Angler Magazine coming out in probably about two weeks. We have 30 great articles from the top pros. I'll tell you how to catch them all winter long. Cool. So, well, the great thing is, the great thing is, even if you have to drill a hole in the ice, you can pretty much always go fishing somewhere any time of the year. So we appreciate that, Mark. And we are going to uh, uh, let you go fishing. And right now we're going to go ahead and talk to Amy from Channel Island Sport Fishing and find out what's happening in this part of the world. And then we've got Scott Brown that's got some news from exciting stuff from Jeep. So thank you very much, Mark. And that web address again is BassAngler.com. BassMag.com. BassAnglerMag.com. BassAnglerMag.com. Okay. Anyway, uh, do we have Amy on the line? Oh, hi, Amy. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're on with Jason Grupp and myself, and we are, we've are we been talking about things that attract fish to the bait, <laughs> but what you're going to be talking a little bit about is uh, even this time of the year, there's a lot of fun stuff going on in uh, central southern California along the Channel Islands area. There are. There's still tons of fish being caught. Mm-hmm. We're still... So, you know, rolling them out when we can. It's been right. a little windy. Now, normally we like to give them a little bit of a two-month break uh, for rockfish, but that doesn't mean there's no fish to be caught. And that rockfish uh, in this area is closed for two months. Is that starting on January 1st? That's correct, yeah. I'll get a little vacation. Okay, <laughs> so what are you going to do? Work. <laughs> oh. We, we do whale watching uh, yeah. December through April, so okay. I'll be doing that. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Okay, so there is plenty of stuff going on in the Channel Islands right now. If you're going to be coming this direction, you ought to stop in. And for whatever reason, there's always a good good time. And it's a little crisp, get warm, but we've had some beautiful sunny days. It's just a little cool. Yeah, and it is a little bit chilly, but you get in the sunshine, it's not too bad. There you go. Yeah. Now, how do people get in touch with Channel Islands? I, I probably, the, I know the phone numbers. I've got it memorized. It's 386, no, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. No, no, don't tell me. Don't okay. tell me. It, uh, it is uh, uh, 382-1612. That's it. And the got it. That's in the 805 area code. And then Cisco's, can you spell that? C-I-S-C-O-S. Cisco's.com. That's right. And if you give them a call, you might be lucky and Amy will take care of you. Absolutely. I'm always here. You're awesome. <laughs> thank Th- you guys for Thank you. Me. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Um, and now we are going to, as promised, we're going to talk to Scott Brown. And his job, believe it or not, if you want to call it that, is he represents uh, Chrysler, uh, Jeep, and Dodge in the western United States. And Scott has arranged, hopefully, for me to, to use one of these coming up in a couple of weeks to uh, drive up to Northern California. And I'm anxious Looking forward to it. I don't think he knows what it's going to be yet, but I know it's going to be fun. But, Scott, give us a little bit of an idea what's happening for 2014 vehicles. Well, hey, John, how are you? Good to, good to be with you. Um, you know, lots of good stuff. The big news you know, for Ram Trucks, um, and that's another one of the brands that, you know, Chrysler Group has grown the last couple of years, and, and I actually have, uh, have seven brands that I kind of babysit out here on the West Coast in uh, Ram Trucks. Um, most appropriate for your audience. Uh, the big news for 14 is a light-duty diesel engine. Um, and uh, just this last week with Motor Trend gave it their truck of the year, which is a huge deal. You know, Chevy and GMC have new trucks. Uh, the Toyota Tundra came out with a new truck. And for us to win, you know, truck of the year for a second year in a row, which has never happened, mm-hmm. and primarily because of this, this diesel engine, 
Um, and, you know, Motor Trend tested it, and they got 28 miles per gallon on the highway on a full, out of a full-size truck. Oh, that's what I need. <laughs> Which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's totally amazing because just the, you know, the wind resistance and the roll resistance on a vehicle like that is not designed for gas mileage. Right. right. So who knows what that is. Is there a chance that engine will be available in anything else? Well, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be in the Grand Cherokee, same engine. It's a 3-liter V6 uh, turbo diesel. Um, you know, 240 horsepower, 420 pound-feet of torque. Wow. It's, it's made its way into the Grand Cherokee. Um, uh, and the, right now, that's the only two places, the Grand Cherokee, uh, 2014 Grand Cherokee from Jeep, and then this uh, Ram 1500. Well, I'll tell you what, Jason, with 420 foot-pounds of torque, um, man, you could, you could pull a travel trailer and a boat behind it, <laughs> you know, up, up a 30-degree grade. Well, yeah, that you know the reality is is that people need to use their trucks, and I believe the the, the tow rating on that truck is ninety two hundred pounds. Um, you know, which oh, is, that's a lot. That's <laughs> a lot of boat. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a boat that big, so. Well, I mean, we 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 rated it that, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. You, you don't even want to get close to that. Mm-hmm. You can if you have to, and it's good to have, but, yeah, you don't want to. Now, because it's uh, the truck of the year and because it's kind of a new and exciting thing, how available is it? Can you? Well, hmm? the, the reality is, is it's not going to be available until first quarter of next year. So okay, well, that's just a month or two. Okay. Yeah, it's not, it's not quite available yet. We're looking at early next year, um, having it come online. But, you know, plenty of, plenty of Hemi V8s, plenty of the V6 with the 8-speed, and that gets up to 25 mm-hmm. miles per gallon. Those are all available now, but wow. the, the diesel early next year. Would you suggest someone stop into their dealer and order one? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. You know, you get, yeah. So you get uh, not only that, I'm sure that you'll, you'll cut them a special deal if they, if they heard it on Fish Talk Radio, <laughs> won't you? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, no problem then. <laughs> no problem. If any, any questions, call Scott. That's right. Okay. That's right. But uh, now that's pretty exciting. Jason, did you have any questions? I know that you do a lot of guiding and traveling, and you know, a lot of times you have to take your own uh, vehicle. And you know, maybe some tips if someone is buying a truck, what they should be looking for. Well, four-wheel drive for sure. I'll never buy a truck again without one. Mm-hmm. Um, just because especially when you're an angler, if you're starting out too, you, you just run into – run into situations once in a while, especially at the ramp or whatnot, where you, you need that four-wheel drive. So, um, yeah, even even if you're not crawling over rocks, uh, if your rear wheels are on a slippery slope, <laughs> you could have a problem. Yeah. yeah, and you know, what we're facing in California right now is really low water levels. We're in a pretty serious drought where all of our lakes are really low, and these ramps are getting nasty. Um, on my home lake, Lake Kachuma in California, the, the ramps, you know, we're down about 50 feet in water, and we're onto the third backup ramp. And it's gravel. It's getting pretty nasty, but I actually drive a Dodge and, and love my truck. And I, I had to turn on four-wheel drive the other day when it was raining, and I needed it. So one tip I have for the ramps. Mm-hmm. It and, I, and it's an interesting point, especially, and I'm going to change gears a little bit and talk about SUVs, but... You know, people have given us a little bit of grief with the with the Dodge Durango. You know, we still offer the Durango with a transfer case with low range, and and most of our competitors, you know, from from Ford and from GM, they've gone away, and and their their full size SUVs are car based, you know, and, oh. and and don't have a low range. And and the reason that we have that low range is just exactly what Jason was talking about. Mm-hmm. You're pulling a you're pulling a boat out of a out of a well. You're, you're, you know, you've got, you know, you're out in the sand, you know, pulling a camper with a toy hauler, 
um, there's going to be times when you wish you had low range. And it may be once or twice a year, but when you need it, you really need it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I like that comment about, of course, with the transfer case and, and, and gearing it down, you know, when you get that kind of torque you're talking about, you could, I mean, you can pull over trees. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that's exciting. And then, you know, obviously, you know, what we're interested in is four-wheel drives and Jeeps and Dodge uh, trucks. But you've also got some of the trucks. You've got some very unique things that uh, I saw last time I saw you. You had some, you know, they've really designed it so that every ounce and every inch of it is utilized. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially the, the Rams, you know, they've got storage, you know, the Ram box. So the, the areas around the, around the wheel wells that are is typically lost space, now we turn that into kind of a cargo area that's, you know, weather protected. It's got racks that go in there that can hold fishing rods or guns. Um, there's, there's little compartments underneath the rear seats. There's compartments in the rear floorboards that will actually hold a gun locker if you want to have a gun locker or just, you know, for cold drinks. So wow. yeah, every space, you know, in the doors, there's storage containers. Underneath the front seat in the middle, there's a storage container. Um, you know, these are tools for you guys. I mean, well, hey, Scott, I've got a great idea. Why don't you give Jason and I one of those, and we'll go on a road trip to Baja. <laughs> you know, as long as you take me as your guy. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's awesome. Hey, hey Scott, one other thing. I've, I've noticed that in the Dodge, because I came off of a four before, and now I'm on a Dodge, the braking system of my Dodge truck is so strong. Have you guys, you know, beefed up the size of the brakes compared to most companies? Have you guys done more in, in that realm? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I can't okay. really speak to the competitors. I just know that, yeah, we we okay. have ourselves taken a strong right. look at our brakes. Well, you know, Scott, a- uh, it looks like we're out of time this time, but, you know, we appreciate you coming on. As a matter of fact, if you just want to hang on just for a minute, maybe you can answer that question. Okay, great. But uh, you are listening to Fish Talk Radio. We appreciate you tuning in. And remember, you might want to listen to this again on webtalkradio.com. Vagabundos Del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos Del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. The Santa Barbara Channel offers some of the most productive sport fishing in the world. Channel Island Sport Fishing offers the most boats to enjoy it. Call 805-383-1612. At Channel Island Sport Fishing, you pick the time and place you want to go. Nearshore halibut, calico bass and rockfish, or fish the Channel Islands for white sea bass and yellowtail. For whale watching and private charters, Channel Island Sport Fishing in Oxnard has clean, modern boats with professional, friendly crews. Make your reservations for a deep-sea adventure by calling 805-383-1612. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. 
It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio. We have Scott Brown from Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Jason Grupp, who we're going to be talking a little bit about some of our upcoming trips for next year. But, uh, Scott, before we let you get away, we were talking about the pulling power of, you know, these vehicles and the torque to be able to climb hills. Well, what happens when you get to the top and go down the other side? (laughs) you got to be able to stop, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and that's, I think in the past, you know, as trucks have have become better, we also re- and, and towing more. And everybody knows that. I mean, we've got trucks now that'll tow up to thirty thousand pounds on our heavy duties, <laughs> um, but you have to back that up with great brakes. And and especially with the ABS systems, they've gotten better over the last generation of trucks. And so, yeah, we've absolutely improved the brakes. They're they're bigger, they're stronger. The ABSs are more. The ABS is more advanced. Um, we realize that uh, you've got a boat on there, you've got some other things, you have to be able to stop. So Yeah, yep. I can remember, it certainly wasn't one of yours, but having both feet on the brake pedal, my hands on the steering were pulling up on the steering wheel to try and get pressured on the brakes to get, to slow the thing down. But it sure makes a difference when, you, when you're... Yeah. Not only does it work, it just you just feel better knowing it's going to work. Yeah, yeah, no. Brakes are... Obviously, if you're going to go and if you're going to be able to pull, you got to be able to stop. And and we've our engineers have put a lot of effort into into the braking systems. Okay, well, Scott, we appreciate you coming on. That's awesome. And you know, we'd like to give you some credit for it. If people are going to go in and order one of these new diesels or uh, pick up, you know, whatever else that they want to to pick up, so you know, if they just go in and say, "Hey, I heard Scott on the radio. He, <laughs> well, he told me he told me I get ten percent off." Yeah, they can try that. They might yeah. be kicked out of the dealer, but they can try that. Okay, sure. All right. Appreciate that, Scott, very much. Thanks, John. You betcha. Thanks, Jason. Okay. Now, Jason, let's just take a couple of minutes. You and I have been uh, burning midnight oil trying to figure out where we're going to take people in 2014. And I know that you've got a trip that's already probably booked. I don't know if somebody can still join you in probably the finest bass fishing lake in the world, which is in central Mexico, which is El Salto. Uh, Do you have any room left on that? 
Yeah, I actually do have a few spots left. We're a group of uh, about a dozen right now. I've got a few spots left. We're going down uh, January 26th to, like you said, Lake El Salto. And uh, we've we've been going every year, twice a year for 12 years. Uh, it's, it's that good down there. So um, you can see the invitation that I have on my website, which is uh, breakwatertours.com. And okay. be happy to get anybody Great. going on that trip. Breakwatertours.com. And the other thing is, is that one of the reasons that you might want to go and join us with Fish Talk Radio and Real Fun Adventures, realfunadventures.com, we're putting up our new site, so check back, is that where we go, we know about, we've been there before, and we're not there to help you catch fish. We go along to make sure that your trip is seamless and simple. And all you got to do is show up with a smile, and everything else is taken care of. And we've picked some very interesting and exotic locations at a remarkably affordable price. You know, for instance, uh, Alaska, rule of thumb is that you're going to spend at least $1,000 a day, you know, all in. But we've got a trip in July where it's a fraction of that. For for under two thousand uh, dollars, you get five nights and four full days of fishing. So and all inclusive. So we've got some great deals, and that's what we're looking for: is exciting stuff, exciting places at a reasonable price. And uh, Jason and I are putting that together. So uh, you get some other stuff too coming up, Jason. We only got a minute. Uh, yeah, your dates on the Alaska one was July 14th through the 19th oh, thanks. Uh, mm-hmm. for seventeen ninety five, And then, you know, we just did that trip down to, to the East Cape, which I think we need to do that again next year. Absolutely. So if anybody wants to join us for Dorado and Marlin, look us up. We've, mm-hmm. got, a, we've got a fantastic trip going down gotcha. there next year. Okay. Well, get in touch. Stay tuned. And, of course, you can listen to us uh, multiple ways, uh, either broadcast or Sports Byline USA. Go to the uh, Fish Talk Radio website, and we're all over the place on radio and and all over the Internet. Uh, Best is to go to um, um, webtalkradio.net, and you can listen to, you know, by the beginning of the week, you can listen to all our shows. Jason, thank you very much. I know you get to get back out on the lake. We appreciate you coming in. Thanks, John. Okay, you are listening to Fish Talk Radio. 